This is the leader of peace, and you're on the Archer app, and I'm with the Gamma Brothers Show, and I'd like to thank you for taking out a moment of your time and listening to us, and I'd like to thank you for downloading the app, and hey, you can do this as well. This is a podcast show, and you can have your own show, so stand up on your own platform, but while you're doing that, give us a listen at Gamble Bros, and we love and we appreciate all our G Nation fans out there. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Walking in the Woods. And I'm your host, Leader of Peace. This is the Gavin Brothers Show. This is a small segment when I tell you a little spooky story. So, bundle up, get up under your covers. And tonight's episode is sponsored by Gamble Notary. If you need anything notarized, will, documents, anything certified, please email Gamble Notary at Gamble Notary 309 at gmail.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. Our first story is not so spooky. I would like to call it One Hell of a Friendship. Now, these two guys decided to climb a mountain that's pretty high. Uh, now, they they accomplished it. They were the first ones to do it. This was like in, I want to say like 1970-something. And now the story is not, um, the thing about the story is not about how they got up there. It's how the hell they got down. Because... Getting up there is not the problem. It's to getting down. That's why nobody ever went up all the way up to the top. But these two fucks did. So they take their ass up there, right? And they make it to the top. Yay! Now you gotta get the fuck down. As they're getting down, one of the um, lines snap or slip. And he falls. Boom! Right on the edge of the cliff. Fuck his left leg all the way up. It's broke. Now, they in a situation. How the hell they gonna get down? And on top of this, a storm started rolling. It's snowing on them. They know they can't stay there. They got to do something. And his friend can't descend down. He don't want to leave them. The chances of him being making them alive up there, they don't have they don't have enough food and rations for that. So what they decide to do is relay each other. Um, they just called the first one Bill, and the other one broke his leg. Greg. Bill would lower Greg down slowly, 
they got a 300-foot rope. Mind you, they can't see nothing. The wind's whipping, snow's coming in. They can't hear each other. So, this works for a while. He lands them on a little edge. You know, he hooks in. Bill climbs down. They, re they restart the process. Mind you, they can't see where they're going. They're just hoping that this shit works all the way down the mountain. Oh, but... This one time, Bill is lowering Greg down, but he's lowering him over a cliff. There's no ledge to catch him. Mind you, they're still in the storm. They can't see. Fuck. So as Bill is lowering Greg down farther and farther and farther and farther and farther, he starts to slip. And he cannot hold Greg he's hoping he's like damn I hope Greg hits bottom somewhere but obviously you know this is not happening so Greg's trying to climb up but he can't he's too weak he's too much in pain he's fucked up mind you before the strip started um, Bill Gary Greg some little pain, little Tylenol. Try to ease the pain, but that ain't really working. It, it's probably done wore off by now. So they dangling. And this goes on for about two hours. Every minute, Bill is getting closer and closer to this edge. He's trying to pull Bill back up, but he just can't. So it come to a decision. I gotta cut this rope. Or he gonna take both of us. So Bill make the decision. I gotta cut it. So he cuts the rope. Greg goes falling. He hits this little ice pack. Bam. But this ice pack breaks. And he goes, he's fall through this little cave right on the ledge. He's knocked out for a minute. Greg come to. He's like, ugh, yeah, I made it. He hollers up for Bill. Bill don't say nothing. He, I don't think Bill can hear him. Meanwhile, there's a storm going through. He's like, fuck, I understand why he cut me. I understand why he cut the rope. So, Greg is down there compromising, trying to think about what's going on or how can he get out. He looks down. He sees that it's a, another edge down there. It's like a hole, like a little tunnel. He don't know how far this goes. He's like, damn, if I fall down there, I don't know how long it's going you know, to be done for. So, he's hanging on this little edge. And you see that the rope is still up there. So he kind of hoping that Bill still got a catapult. Even though he probably like, man, he ain't a man about to cut the rope. So he pulls the rope. Sure enough, he falls down. He see the end, the end that has been cut at. <sighs> uh, I understand. I mean, you got to. 
at that point, you know. So, Greg, be safe. I'm conserved. He got a little, little lamp on the top of his helmet. He cuts the lights off, and he start hearing this noise in the cave, like this growling. Shit, cut his light back on. He said, I just, I'd rather just sit in here and let this thing just go on. Well, Greg eventually gets sleepy. He cuts his light back off and falls asleep. Meanwhile, Bill is making his way down to the mountain and he sees where Greg probably fell through and he yells into the hole, Greg, Greg, Greg. Greg don't respond. Greg sleep. Bill don't hear no response. Bill marches on. So, five, ten minutes later, Greg wakes up. Greg say, fuck it. I ain't finna die right here. So, he's trying to get his little picks. He's trying to make his way up. But he can't put no pressure on that left leg. Oh, it's pretty much fucked. So he's like, damn it. And he looks at that hole down there and he's saying, well, whatever's down there, maybe it's another way out. So he hooks up his supplies. Now, as you paralyzing down a mountain, you're supposed to tie a knot at the end of it. But the way Greg thinking is, when I go down, this is a one-way trip. I can't climb back up. This is over with. So, Greg starts his descent going down, trying to make it down there the best he can without putting pressure on that left leg and praying that there's a bottom. So as he get near it, he started hearing wind. He's like, oh, shh. wait a minute. If there's wind down there, that means there's an opening. So I just got to hope there's a bottom and I don't run out of rope. So as he descended, boom. Oh, good God. It's land. And he look, he sees some light. Oh, I can get up out of here. So he started making his way to the entrance. And sure enough, daylight, touchdown. I'm out of here. So as he gets out of there, he is so happy. He turned over on his belly when he sees the sun. He is kind of celebrating. Take a moment, like pat himself on the back. But then it dawns on. Fuck. Uh, I gotta make it to the campsite. And I gotta make it there before Bill get ready to leave. So he do his best soldier crawling, crawling through the storm, through the snow. I'm sure he probably gets up on that right leg and hops all the way over there. But by the time he make it to camp, Bill is just breaking down the tent, getting everything ready. Bill turned to him and he is shocked. 
It's like he see a ghost. He started cussing like, what the fuck? How in the hell did you make it? And they, he goes, Bill goes up to Greg, picks him up. They hug and they crying. And both of them understand what he had to do. And it was a serious decision. That's what I call that story. One hell of a friendship. Nigga, you can't cut no rope on me. You got me fucked up. You better fall. <laughs> but I do understand, though. I do understand, but nigga, don't cut that rope. Don't cut it. I don't I don't know what you do, but don't cut it. I mean, I'll loosen it where you can you know, let me go, but don't cut that rope, bro. Don't cut it. Don't cut it. Don't cut it. Don't cut it. Just keep letting it go. Just keep letting the rope go. You know what I mean? Just, just keep scissoring me down. Don't don't cut that motherfucking rope. Uh, uh let's see. We got a. Oh yeah, we got another weird story. Um, this is called. That's weird. This is a twenty-seven-year-old girl. Um, she's watching her son and her son cousins play with each other, and they're in the mo- her mother' backyard. And she sees her son peeling this bark of wood off the tree, and she says out loud, "That's weird." And her mother comes up behind her and said, "What's weird?" She said. It's nothing really. I've just said that out loud in my head. I got a, a memory, a flashback real quick. Well, the mother was like, well, now you got me curious. What will make you have a flashback about him pulling a bark of wood off a tree? So she goes in detail. She says, well, when I was about nine, I remember when I was in that neighborhood, and I was I was playing with my friend Eric. She said, yeah, I remember Eric. She said, well, I went over there to go play with him, but his mother said he was almost done with his homework. He couldn't come out yet. And we had this place where we go called Meeting in the Pines. And I was going over there, and I was playing with the trees, and I was pulling this piece of bark off the wood, off the tree. And this man come walking up to me. With yellow teeth, missing a few teeth, and he reeked of cigarettes. And as I was peeling the bark off the tree, he asked me, what do you think you're doing? And he got real close up on me. I was like, um, peeling this bark off the tree? And then he pinched me and said, how would you like it if somebody ripped the skin off of you? And she said, I stood there in shock. Then Eric Muller came outside and said, darling, come on over. He's done with his homework. You can come in. And I never made nothing else. I never seen him again. 
I mean, he didn't do nothing to me, really. He just pinched me. But, you know, I didn't think of no reason to tell you about it. Matter of fact, I forgot about it until I seen him do it. Oh, the mother rose her head, hands between her hair, and said, Oh, my God. She said, What? She said, Well, sit down. Let me tell you, since you still have memories of that. It's more than a story than what you know. So the daughter said, okay, I'm all in. Tell me. So the mama said, well, we didn't want to tell you because you were so young. But Eric's mother was watching this particular van that morning. It was a look like it looked like the work van, but there was no work being done in the area. And when she told you that that Eric was doing his homework, and he she seen you go to the pine, she watched you, and then she seen the man jump out the van. As soon as he seen you, and made his way to you in a beeline. That's what made her so nervous. So she knew that she could not um, start you or the man. So she had to act naturally and call you over. So she called you over. And then she called the police. And she called me. Now this will make it so strange. Now when the police pull him over... He has this van that's got this separated back. And he has all these weird stuff. Duct tape, knives in the back. And they noticed that before they opened the back van doors, this is a, a, like a padlock that's covering the doors. And they asked him for the keys. Now, one of the keys opened the locks, and that's how they got in the van. But the police officer was wondering, where do the other key go to? So they asked him. It took him a while to say it, but he eventually told them where that key goes to. It goes to a storage room. It goes to the storage room. They open it. It's lined with plastic. And your pictures are everywhere. He's been watching you for the past two years. And he has this barber deaf chair sitting in the middle of the, of the storage room. It's like a dentist chair. And on there... There's all these knives. The daughter is sit is just totally shocked of what her mother just revealed to her. And she's understanding because she's a mother now and how she don't you wouldn't want to overwhelm a child with that type of information. But 
the guy was still in jail. So what the daughter does is arrange a meeting with him. And she wanted to know, why were you trying to kill me at the age of nine? And what did I do to you to make you feel this way? Well, the guy accepted the meeting. And the day before they got to meet, he killed himself in the cell. Yep, it's strange as hell. And it's been walking in the woods with your with your favorite cowboy, leader of peace. And y'all have a good evening. Um, this also I would like to dedicate this show to my cousin, who just recently passed away, Darlene Brown. I would not go into details of what's going on until I know more. But this is for her. Love you, cuz. Lead up peace. I'm gone.